want to thank all of our listeners for several years of dedicated and loyal listening throughout the Halo Talks 400 podcast completed to date. We're going to 1,000 by 2024. If you're so inclined, we'd love to have you go to iTunes for us, fill out a review so we can keep this podcast rolling globally. We are now on Chartable's top lists and moving up the charts. Also, if you want to educate yourself in the new year, please go to thehaloacademy.com. Take a look at what we've done with 150 executives in the Halo sector to get them smarter, get them prepared for capital raises, and also more winning. Thanks. Have a great season. Let's go. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of bringing to you a former and current Strong Islander from Nassau, Suffolk County, hailing out of energy fitness, not parts unknown, Jeff Sanders. Welcome to the show. Uh, it's so glad to be here. Uh, excited to be able to chat with you a little bit and, and just really talk about this industry that we love. Yeah, awesome. So uh, you've been around the block here like like I have and and Ganolin, um, you know, going back to multi-unit operations, uh, you know, when LA Fitness was, you know, a small company, uh, Radio Shack, which, you know, you never left there without actually the item that you wanted to to get and fulfill or maybe more. Um, and, uh, you know, you've been a, a, a lifelong uh, passionate entrepreneur in the, in the Halo sector. So why don't you give your quick background here and then, uh, you know, kind of riff about what kind of things you picked up along the way, like a Hansel and Gretel of like, hey, here's some interesting nuggets of how I want to run a business, how I want to be a professional, and we'll go from there. No, yeah, it, it has been uh, it has been a journey. You know, I've lived alone since I was 17, and uh, I didn't really know uh, really what I was going to do, where I was going to go, and I actually slept in my own truck for a couple of nights there, uh, not having a place to go, and, and then something clicked, and, you know, it's like, hey, you're smart in this, you work hard. Life isn't, it, it can't be that hard, let's figure it out. You know, and, and that really started my journey to uh, trying to be as teachable as possible. And along my path, that's what I've tried to maintain is everywhere I can go, I want to soak up something. I want to learn something and figure out how to apply it. Um, and that's that's going to be what's going to cause me to grow in life. And that was what I decided at that point in time. And and so I've worked for AT&T Wireless. I've, uh, I've been substitute teacher. You know, one of the funny jokes my friends have. You know, if you let me talk long enough in the groups, you'll learn about a new job that and no one knew that I've done um, because I, I just literally was out working and trying to learn and become, you know, become a student of business, really, um, not realizing that's what I was doing, but that's what I was doing, moving around, uh, even jumping all the way up. And I own my own franchise in the smoothie factory. I had two locations there with a partner. Um, from there, you know, was recruited over, uh, worked in the nonprofit and church sector. Uh, and then, you know, worked at uh, LA Fitness, um, you know, and LA Fitness was really, I, I stepped in uh, and met uh, Larry Lopez. He's still uh, with the company today. And I remember him looking at my resume. He was like, what are you doing? You're overqualified Journey to be man, a salesperson right? here. Yeah. yeah. He's like, I'm looking at this. Like, that's not, you, you understand what this position is. It's a draw pay, yada, yada. I said, so I don't plan on being a sales guy very long. Um, and that's what it took. He gave me the shot. I was promoted to an assistant GM within 30 days and within 45, 50 days, they moved me up to GM uh, and I was on track to grow as one of the fastest in the company and, and really learned the in, ins and outs of fitness and learned, I learned a lot of what I didn't want 
to participate in from a leadership style. I learned a lot of what I didn't want to participate in. I still, I was talking to Larry just last week, you know, um, and it was in the midst of working uh, at LA Fitness where the uh, senior VP for Radio Shack um, for their franchise division, he was a member there. And he was trying to negotiate with my AGM on, you know, getting a better rate. And, you know, at that time, there was a lot of flipping going on in, in the industry or in LA Fitness anyways, where you would take a monthly and flip it to a PIF to meet your goal. Um, and it would end up costing the company more money because they're making less off of that member. But that's how employees are rewarded. Again, something I learned that I didn't want to participate in. Uh, and he was negotiating hard, uh, Marty Ampler, and I'll forget. And uh, he finally came over to me and says, hey... Who do I need to call above you to get approval on on dropping my PIF to two hundred dollars for the year, two fifty, whatever it was? And I was like, well, well, Marty, I can actually drop it. I turned my screen and I showed him I could sell him a membership for a dollar if I wanted to. I said, but you know, I choose to take a paycheck from LA Fitness, and this is a company, and I want to be fair. I want you to have a great deal. You have a good deal on a you know on a monthly right now, and and but it wouldn't be fair to the company for me just to flip you into this membership, and I don't think that's the right thing to do here. Uh, you know, and he threatened to leave and, you know, I'm going to bring 10 people over if you give me this rate, yada, yada. Short story is he ended up offering me a job, um, because of my <laughs> response to him to come into Radio Shack. And, uh, he connected me with, uh, interviewer and he stayed out of it. He wanted me to get the job on my own. Um, but obviously, you know, in the background, he was talking. So that's how I jumped into Radio Shack. Uh, again, where I learned some really good nuggets. You know, I was the first person to sell a multi-unit franchise, the first person to sell an actual true royalty versus just a dealer model. Um, you know, and then of course, Radio Shack started taking a massive hit while I was there. Uh, and I'll tell you, one of the things that really motivated me the most was Marty came to me and said, Hey, I want you to know, no matter what's going on in the company, you always have a job with me. Um, I, I appreciate your work ethic and uh, your drive, you know, and again, picking up this, this leadership quality. So learning at LA, some of the leadership that I wanted to have, some leadership I didn't, you know, some of the yeah. way businesses are set up to reward employees, um, you know, and then Radio Shack, they, you know, I learned that they tried to change their name to the Shack, uh, which flopped. Um, they brought in a CMO who did a brilliant commercial. I don't know if you got, you saw that where uh, everybody came in, Hulk Hogan, all this stuff. And they came in like, hey, Radio Shack, the 80s, you know, 80s want their, you know, 80s want to be back or whatever. The 80s want their, uh, 80s want their stuff back. Yeah. Anyway, so creativity was great, but it didn't, the end result was the same because they didn't change operationally. And that was a big nugget yeah. I learned from, you can say a lot, but at the end of the day, if you're not following it up with good operations, you're not going to go there. So that's led me to wh where I am now, you know? Yeah. So let's uh, like kind of pause on each one of these and, you know, maybe kind of uh, go back and say, like, here's like a couple of takeaways from each one of these jobs, because I think as people go through their career, you know, I've got executives that come to us and say, yeah, I've been at this job for a year, like I'm ready for a new challenge or, um, you know, I want to hop to this other job, you know, and it's six months from when I originally, you know, came on. I'm like, look, you got to kind of be a little bit cognizant of you know, job hopping too much at the same time. Like if you've really kind of maxed out where you are and you think you've learned enough to go into the next position or there isn't a challenge, then okay, go and, and get something new. But at, at some point you got to kind of stop and say, let me just experience this soak up as much as I can. And then I become a better manager. I become a better salesperson. So we take a look at LA fitness, which everyone here on the phone uh, listening in on this podcast knows you know, they build beautiful locations. They're typically, you know, on an exit ramp or, you know, main on main or next to a 
Trader Joe's or a Whole Foods and no one's ever said I got the shitty location next to a Whole Foods. Those typically do very well. Um, so what, what are some of the things that you look back on LA and say, hey, I got trained in holding price or I got trained in like, hey, look, this is this is the price value proposition. And it may be certain things that you learned about maybe a hard charging sales force might not get the best out of people long term. That's some ideas. Yeah, I, no, I love it. And actually, I, I have the perfect example for one of the things that, you know, I learned and got out there that we actually just started implementing here where I am now a version of it. Um, you know, about a month and a half ago, but something that they do extremely well at LA Fitness is they equip you to go out and start conversations with people and gather interest and gather leads to set appointments. And it's something that I, I haven't seen done really well in a lot of organizations. You know, when you go into LA Fitness as a salesperson, at least when I was there, you know, it was expected you go out every day and you have to come back with 10 leads, you know, and they give you this booklet. They give you the seven-day pass. You got to get name, phone number, emails, and you're trying to get those showed. And they had it all the way down to a science and a formula. If you get 10, this many are going to show. And if this many show, this many are going to close. And that's what you're going to make. Um, that program, I learned uh, so much about tenacity. I learned about they would teach you assumptive languages, which I think are, are completely undervalued when done properly. Um, you know, I'll, I'll never forget sitting in a training um, with one of the VPs there. And uh, he went through an example of how he approached someone in a park, uh, you know, and just asked them questions. Uh, it was very conversational and then transitioned into assumptive language once there was an interest and got them to commit um, to, to activating the past and coming in. I think those skill sets that they do at L.A., um, they're very hard to replace and learn somewhere else. And, and the, the value of that, I hope everybody that went through that and worked there even though maybe some people hated the fact that they had to go out and get 10 every day and it felt like it was, you know, almost a beat down that teaches you to be, you know, it teaches you to nasty. It teaches you to, to not back down. It teaches you to have um, confidence in what you're doing, but it also teaches you how to start conversations and move people to the path of making a decision with you. And that's something that's yeah. very important in business. And we, we just launched our ambassador program here at energy and literally we're doing it slightly different, but it's the same concept. We have the booklets, you're going out, um, you know, we're rewarding our team for every lead they're getting and we're rewarding, rewarding them for everybody that comes in for a show. Um, so we're bringing a little bit more on the reward side for them uh, on that. But that's something that I learned at L.A. that was uh, it was amazing. Their sales training, how they approach and teach you how to close, how to use the, the proper language and build relationships is amazing. Yeah. Look, I think a lot of groups out here think that they could just plug someone in, put them at a desk and they become, you know, a salesperson. And, and, you know, a rock star without, you know, the proper training or technique or script. Um, I think during COVID, a lot of people thought about their processes, but I'm not sure how much of that, you know, is being implemented and, you know, really identifying what the messaging is, the, the language you're using, how you're looking to diagnose what somebody's trying to achieve and then sell them something that actually corresponds with exactly what they're trying to achieve and a roadmap to do that. There was a guy who um, we interviewed, he was overweight and uh, said, you know, when are you going to get into a health club? He's like, when they make it fun, like I play tennis cause it's fun. Like I don't need to go in and somebody telling me this is what my body's going to look like. Cause it's never going to look like that. <laughs> you know? So that's actually not what I'm trying to achieve. I'm, I like to get into something that I think I can actually, get my own results in, in the time that I want to get them in and have a, an entry ramp, if you will, onto the, to the, 
health club or the energy or LA fitness highway, that is not intimidating uh, to people. To your point about the training, I want to tell this one story because I think it's really important. Um, at JFK airport, there's a, um, a hotel across the street called uh, the, the TWA hotel. It's an old school hotel. That's the old TWA terminal. And they've got a food court there. And there's a woman, she's 19 years old. Her name's Amber become friends with her. Cause I stay there a lot. And um, she makes the shakes at the, uh, the ice cream place. And she's got two big uh, uh, vanilla whey protein and chocolate whey protein. And as I'm asking her, like double up the, the whey protein, she's like, why do people put this in here? Like, wh- what is, what does this do for you? And I'm thinking to myself, how did the person who hired this woman not take 30 minutes to train her on the benefits of protein? How much is too much? How much is the right amount? Why the flavor is beneficial or not? When you should take it pre-workout, post-workout? I was just like, I was shocked at the lack of training. So I think some people really, and if you're listening to this, and you say, hey, have I really fully educated everybody that works for me on as much as I can about exercise physiology, on sales training, on human interactions, on asking the right questions? I think that is something that you intuitively have picked up over time. And it's kind of turned into like your you know, holster of you know, weapons or approach where a lot of people say, hey, let's just get somebody in here. Let's pay a minimum wage and let's see if they can, you know, figure out a way to sell some memberships and kind of churn and burn them out. Um, no, you're, you're exactly right. I, I would say briefly on that. And, and if you're listening and as you're listening to this rather, um, the people you're bringing in those positions, they want that. And I think what happens sometimes as leaders and supervisors, bosses, owners, you know, we look at, you know, someone we're bringing in to drive a sales or drive an experience, you know, we're like, well, they probably don't want to be micromanaged. I don't want to overload them. You know, I, I, I want to make sure that they're just getting and just start making calls. They'll kind of learn as they go. Cause a lot of times that's what right. we've done, right? We, I've learned as I've, as I've gone. And so I made the mistake of thinking, well, that's how everybody wants it. But when you sit and talk, I, I would encourage you to talk to your staff. They want it. They want to know how to be better. They don't like to feel like they're failing. They don't like to feel like they're ill equipped, you know? And so I'm really big on, and I was just having the conversation today uh, with one of the other partners, Energy, on the way out to this location. You know, I'm, I'm like, I really believe you can invest in people and you can, you can really turn someone who's not great into great. You can turn someone who's great into not great by lack of investing or investing in the wrong things. I think we as leaders have the ability to mold people. And what we forget is they want to be molded. Nobody that I've ever met wants to be worse right. at what they're doing or to feel like they're a failure, right? And that's what ends up, we, we think we hold them accountable to metrics versus leading them and truly being a leader and saying, Hey, listen, uh, I want to spend some time with you today on X, Y, Z. We're going to talk about how you read someone's body language. Look, what do you mean? Or the psychology of conversation. You wouldn't believe how many people, how many staff and people I've had over the years, I use that one term psychology of the conversation. Like what? Like there's an entire thinking process that happens in the midst of a conversation with someone. And if you're not aware of it, then you're not really tapping into the being the best you can. And they love it. They love to sit down and go, oh, I never thought about that. You know, simply changing how you respond to a member of, great, would today or tomorrow be best for you rather than what day would work best? When they start seeing the success, they love it. And, you know, we have to remember that. People want that. One of of the things I'm I'm more and more convinced of is, and we wrote this book over COVID, it's called Time to Win Again. And it's 52 takeaways from team sports to ensure your business success. If you look at some of the best 
organizations in professional sports, they're running a system. And that system requires certain athletes in certain positions in order to execute on the micro tasks or the, or the plays that matter. Like if I'm going to run the ball and I want to run the ball and that's my playbook, I need the best offensive lineman, you know, I can find to recruit, right? If I'm, if I'm going to run a, you know, a RPO uh, run pass option, thank you, is, um, you know, I got to have some speedsters out there, right? So my recruiting is all about recruiting for my system. How do you think this industry has done with like identifying, potentially identifying athletes and those athletes now actually are selling a fitness product that they are passionate about, has worked for them successfully, obviously, in whatever they've done because they were a college athlete or high school athlete. We invested in a company uh, and we're part of a company called Game Plan, which is basically trying to bring D1, D2, D3 athletes into the Halo sector you know, what have you seen as some of the traits of, hey, this is the type of person that I need in my system, you know, and that system at Radio Shack might have been different from LA Fitness and might be even more different for energy, which might be more of a relationship sale versus a volume sale at an LA or a, you know, uh, deep content, uh, you know, domain understanding that you might have to have at, at a Radio Shack. So I, I think regardless of where, I have been at Radio Shack LA here. The one thing constant that I see that is imperative is passionate about what you're selling or passionate about the product or brand you represent. You know, that's, that's a key because just bringing someone in that is good on the phone or is good at closing deals. If they're not passionate about the products, if they're not passionate about seeing someone become healthier, um, not passionate about fitness, then they end up not being a great fit for us. I think that's the number one trait that I'm looking for. And I think it follows very closely with someone who is teachable, but has high energy. You know, for, for me, you know, energy says a lot. And, and when you're having a conversation with someone, being able to walk up and approach someone, um, you know, people respond differently to someone who has a healthy, high energy, uh, not off the walls, crazy, drank 16 energy drinks, but someone who right. just has a healthy, high energy, loves life. Um, you know, personally that person, away from the C4, by the way, that, C4 go, should not right. be my, I'm, I'm naturally energetic. And I think that thing would put me on like a whole different planetary Absolutely. orbit. Absolutely. Good. Don't steer clear of it. Yeah. That, that's the thing. We you. want someone like, like you, that's naturally energetic. What, what kind of job you got? Thing. What's your job availability right now? Maybe I'll come back. Well, I'll hang on my parents. Our member sales specialist, you would, you would go out you'd be making, you right. know, I should, I should do that. Program. I should do that. That'd be awesome. I work out more every day. That's it. That's it. That, yeah. that, that's the biggest trait I think. And I think, you know, I like to find someone that's teachable, you know? Um, and again, that's, I think if you find someone with that trait, regardless of what industry you're in, that means they're wanting to learn. Um, you know, and that's going to be more valuable than someone who's naturally gifted, um, but is arrogant, cocky, has an ego, you know, you're going to end up running into issues or there's going to be a toxic trait that comes out versus someone just naturally high energy that's teachable. Those, those are yeah. more important to me. So look, so we, we've been fast friends for 19 minutes now. Um, you obviously care about people. You obviously, you know, look at, at the results and, and want to help people achieve their goals. Like that's obvious how, how you're talking and you want to build up employees to be, you know, better than they are today and to have a sustainable lifestyle and, and stay in the Absolutely. industry. 
when you take a look at attrition and you say, hey, we're losing, you know, 3% of our members a month or 4% of our members a month, you got five clubs. So let's say you lose 100 people a month and, and you're saying to yourself, like, how did we lose that person? How did that, you know, I feel like a lot of the industry just says, like, it is what it is, you know, like it's 3% attrition, it's 4% attrition. People leave, they get off of their workout. Like, how much do you kind of, I wear my, my heart on my sleeve. So everything I do is like, I'm not going to bluff you. Like, if I'm upset about something, you're going to know it. I'm going to say it or you're going to see it. Um, if I'm excited, you're going to see the same thing. So when you take a look at like, hey, we lost 100 people this month. It is what it is. Well, now only 20 of those people actually like left the 25-mile radius or five-mile radius. And the rest of the people like, it's, we fucked up. Like, we didn't deliver Absolutely. what we said we were going to deliver because there's no reason somebody should like leave our club if they still live in this community. So how do you kind of square that circle? Yeah. I mean, for me, if they're leaving, that means that there was an experience issue at the, at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. It doesn't matter if it's with our trainers, if it's with our amazing studio classes, if it's with our, you know, it, it, it's an issue. So, you know, my, what I want to do and what my goal is, is every manager, we want our, our club managers to own their location, to be the mayor of that town for energy, you know, and their goal they then reach out and call and we don't, I tell everyone that I've ever worked with in any place I've ever worked, when we're trying to find why we lost a customer, we don't just take the easy responses. Oh, I moved, uh, uh, I had financial issues, I couldn't afford it. You have to pu push past that. Like, oh, I understand financial is tricky. So let's say if I was to drop the rate uh, and match, you know, whatever, would you come back right away? Well, no, because, and then you get the real answer. So I think how you attack that is you have to understand What's the real reason, the experience that they left? And then you need to you need to earn their business back. That should be your drive at that point forward. Fix it because here's what we've learned. If one person is leaving or one person is being vocal because they're not happy, good chance there's three to 10 more that are just thinking the same thing. They're just not vocal about it and they're not making a decision right that moment. So you, attrition, you know, I don't want to look at that as like, yeah, it's kind of industry standard. You're losing. We should look at every one of those as opportunities to make our experience better to make sure that we have people stay as long as possible within our brand. And because we know the longer they stay with us, we're extending the quality of their life. We're giving them an opportunity to be 86, 87, 88 on a beach, walking around, hanging out with the grandkids. Like that should be the drive of what we're doing is because we know long-term we're going to help make their life better. So we need to make sure we're providing the proper experience here now. Yeah, what have you done or what are you going to do in, in the future, whether it's like looking at the data analytics and saying like, Hey, this person hasn't checked in in 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, whatever that is. And I'll stop for a second. So I want to tell you a quick story. So there was a club chain and during COVID they lost a lot of their members, yeah, but they had like a thousand employees and they had, they, they used to have 300,000 members. So, you know, they're like, I'm like, why don't we just call everybody or text every, like, why don't we like have a human, either go to the, you know, do something or like, let's have a, a, a table that says, you know, like member, um, me member talks or whatever you want to call it. Right. Just come up and let's just talk. What do you need to do? What happened that was traumatic in your life? You know, do you have a family member? Is it a mental health issue? Did you lose your workout routine? Like they're like, well, 300,000 members. I can't call 300,000 members. Well, you have a thousand employees, right? That's 300 members per employee. At 10 a day, you could bang out your entire 
prior and current membership base in 30 days. Like, don't that's bullshit. Like, you can call every member. Absolutely. They're like, well, what yeah. if they cancel? I'm like, if they want to cancel, they're going to cancel anyway. Right? Not they're not going to be prompted by a phone call with somebody reaching out with a lifeline and a and a and a um what do they call those things? The, the life raft or the boat? Yeah. You know, like yeah, lifeboat. Yeah, what is it? Like a ramp, like a raft. A ra- I'm giving you a raft. If you're going to cancel while I'm bringing you a raft, you're probably going to cancel anyway when you got around to it. So, how do you kind of think about maybe getting in people's face, not in a bad way, but just like say, look, I want to invest in you. You've obviously made an investment in me by paying me an EFT. I want to re- I want to reciprocate and make sure you're getting the value. Is there a paradigm shift maybe? Maybe it's because of mental health. Maybe it's because people are more open about what is concerning them and they might want to actually share it more often than they used to. You know, everyone's living off of a highlight reel until COVID hit, right? Now it's like, hey, yeah, I got issues. I got stress. I got this. I got that going on. How can you help me get through this? Yeah, no, there has to be a paradigm shift happen, you know, at an experience level. And something that we... Uh, we've just done is we've we've added and remodeled all of our locations to have a really nice lounge area. First of all, we want to have a comfortable spot that we can actually sit down someone who is trying to cancel. And, and just as you said, we can say, hey, let's have a seat real quick. I, I just this isn't about saving you. And we tell people that it's not about just collecting your money right and keeping the payment going. I truly want to know what's going on and I want to make sure I can help you. And listen, if we're not providing the service that you need uh, or the experience you need, then we don't deserve for you to pay us. But I want to sit down and have the conversation. I truly want to understand what's going on. And I think that you have to you have to approach it that way. And you're spot on. You know, we can't make decisions as leaders based on fear. Well, I'm afraid they're going to cancel. The second you start making decisions based on fear rather than based on inspiration and motivation, you're already starting a losing battle. And that's what we have to avoid. And we have to make sure our team see that we lead in that front. Our coaches here, you know, we're a little bit different model. Every member that has signed up with us uh, since we've reopened back, everyone gets a coach, whether they train with someone once a month or four times a week. It's, it's, that's all they're paying for. That's what they get. And so we're investing in our coaches heavily, you know, and our management team heavily to make sure that we're providing what we call a map. It's a motivation. We're providing accountability and a program. So if we provide that well, when someone is not happy or someone is looking at leaving, we already have laid a foundation and everyone should be doing this in their, in their service as they're providing service, lay the foundation so that when it comes time for the hard talk, it's not hard. It's an easy conversation. They want to open up because of the way you've treated them throughout the process of them being a member or a client with you. So then we sit them down the lounge and have that conversation. Sure. Sure. So in closing here, um, you know, there's a lot of golden nuggets of information we've gone over here. Um, any quotes or anything that you have on your computer or a post-it note or a sign or something that, you know, is your, is your guiding light or, uh, that's a Sandersism. Uh, I, I can't say that there is because I'm constantly looking for inspiration and, and motivation every single day. There's not just one thing, um, that, that really I use over and over. I really believe in trying to give weekly motivation to our team and inspiration, um, and, and so I think for me, it's where can we let others inspire us and share that inspiration with a team and let that be the motiv- motivating factor for people. And that's what I really strive to do. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to send you a copy of the uh, time to win again book after you uh, digest it, enjoy it. You can go get them all for your entire team. Tell them 2023 is the season going to make it Absolutely. big and, uh, 
energize everyone. So great to have you on the show, man. Thanks for uh, being a uh, evangelist in the Halo sector and uh, you know spreading the uh, positivity uh, because it, it helps and it shines through. So good to see you.